This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Check one, two, we're back, back on the map, done practicing, done writing, Mad Joe, Chrissy Baboon, and myself. How's everybody Episode feeling today? 216. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Doing pretty good, Joe. We're doing hey, Chris, pretty good. I want to uh, say no problem. It was my pleasure to fix the computer for you. You did, oh, yeah. Joe. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Your Googling skills came in. Yeah, listen, let's tell the people. We have, for the last three episodes, maybe we've been having problems with our setup. Sound cards, the little board. We don't know if it's the computer. But what you can do to help is we're going to put up shirts eventually. Buy a shirt from us so we can buy some better gear. Please. We were talking to our people Please. last week, and the, the uh, online store should be ready very soon. Got one cool design already in the books. A couple other ones we're working on. And uh, yeah, that will really help us a lot. Another thing that will really help us is if you rate and review the podcast on iTunes, it gives us a lot more exposure and it'll put us, uh, they, they actually have charts yeah. for podcasts. And so uh, the, the more listens you get, the more st- uh, stars, ratings, everything, reviews. Yeah. Unless you're going to say something bad about it, then keep your mouth yeah, shut. Just shut your fucking mouth then. But uh, yeah, five stars only. We appreciate that. Don't yeah. don't be honest and give us two and a half stars if you think that. No way. Don't this be a fucking good. jerk. Put five stars. What you know about podcasting? This is our shit. You heard the intro? <laughs> Voted. Yo, it's coming up on the Grammys. Number one podcast intro. Yo, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So I don't know if you uh, Orange podcast if a show. lot of our listeners subscribe to Podcast Weekly. Yeah, but we were voted number one intro song. People are begging for us to put that incredible. up on iTunes so they can buy it. Wow, and and we got a lot of great feedback about our Asian inspired intermission on our last podcast. Yeah, that's really crazy, man. Who was of, Bruce Lee's nephew came in and did that track for us? We're we really, really bridging. We're bridging things. What was his podcast. name? Was that what's Bruce Lee's le- nephew's name? Total, totally, totally. <laughs> you didn't know I was gonna come quick like that. So, uh, you want to answer some questions real quick while I got it? My uh, I yeah, got it queued up on my phone. That's German for yes. We haven't done this in a, in a few uh, episodes, so thank you guys for sending in your questions diligently, even though I don't always get to them. I really appreciate that. Um, this one comes from Abby Dunfield. She oh, says, Canadian. "Yeah, the Canadian." She's a good kid, she says, good kid. Um, "Okay, let's pretend. Okay, let's pretend you're in nuclear war. North Korea has launched a nuclear missile, and it's hit and destroyed Hawaii. What do you do now?" And then, as a little side note, she said. Oh, also, Richie can't come to Canada because he makes fun of us too much. The rest oh, of y'all are welcome. Wow. Oh, so man. She's listening to me. People are listening, Richie. You know, when you say hurtful things, I think you call them pussies and shit like that. Fruity. You know? I say they're fruity. That's, feminine. Is that, oh, I think you call them man. feminine, maybe. Is that, a, is that a diss that you're fruity? I love fruit. All right, listen. All right, Hawaii North Korea hits Hawaii. That's crazy. 
Now, what do you mean? What do we do? What can and we it's do? It's destroyed. What like, do you do is now? Is she saying, are we in the position that we pretended to be in on our last podcast as I generals and, and the president? <laughs> or are we just regular guys that are living here in the mountains? I'm assuming it, regular guys living in the mountains. Like, what do, what, what's the next move for your average American? I think she listen. That's the way I'm reading This is so it. sad to say, but we would go to work the next day. I mean, that's it's it's Hawaii. It's like another world away. And we live paycheck to paycheck. Something that distance, we'd be talking about it. And we'd get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, jump on a bus. We'd go to work. Chris would get up. He'd turn his laptop on. He'd start doing it. In between, we'd be checking the news and talking to the people at work. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Oh my. And it would just disappear. We just eventually forget all about it. It would be a thing that you watch on TV, just yeah. like the Iraq War. Just I would like, imagine uh, you you would watch it unfold, you know, and you would discuss it with your friends and family and, and neighbors, and that's pretty much. And the rest of the world, areas that aren't affected, would just go on and talk and chat about it, and there'd be conspiracy theories left and right. It wasn't really the North Koreans; it was really this person who wanted to incite this. Blah blah blah. Nobody knows the truth, but. What one thing I mean, would we have to worry about the uh, the like the wind taking the fallout, the nuclear fallout over here? And all I that? think, yeah, and isn't there some it, it happens in the uh, the ocean currents too, right? Like, the, right, so the fallout yeah. gets in the fish, the seafood, That's and then but you know what, though, fish. man, I think if they hit Hawaii, I think the it, it that's it's gonna be the end of the world. Why? I think if they hit any any nuclear missile falls in any part of the United States, that's it. But they're we gonna, we bomb. Gonna go we dropped atomic bombs in Japan. We did. We were the only ones who had them. Yeah. But I think I don't mean end of the world in sense of the radiation. I think that once the bomb goes off, they're going to fire so many missiles. Everybody's just in North light Korea. The place up. The whole place is going to yeah. be lit up. Yeah, but it would all be in that part of the world. Okay, they boom. They push the button, launch. Hawaii gets devastated. While the missiles in the, in the air, we got two hundred seventy two missiles headed right for North Korea. Seconds after Hawaii's hit, North Korea's hit. The, oh, war, the war's over. But the fallout is going to be rough, man. Fallout. Japan will Nuclear be winter, man. infected. The West Coast spots there will be infected. Canada will go down just because they're so weak, and the idea of it themselves would bring the Canadians to their knees. Now, now but, I think maybe that's the type <laughs> that's of terrible. thing that Abby was talking about. Oh, I'm not oh, sure, oh. but I just I think that might be the type of... Bitter vitriol. No, I think the Canadian people are very nice. They're very nice people. They are. They're super nice. Who's yeah. nicer, Canadians or Southern people? Oh, Canadians. Southern suck. It's all phony bullshit. Do you they're think like, it's like hi, a fake y'all. Can I help you? And in their head, they're thinking, I'd like to pull him from my pickup truck. Like, that's, they're sick. I've lived in Southern the South. Is. Yeah. Hey, Richard, how, good morning. How are you today? And then... My car scratched up Yankee on the side of the car. Unfucking real yeah. bitch. The Canadians are nice people. The Southerners, they're cruel, sadistic. They're killers. You know, they're one time, sick, fucking, perverted killers. We were on tour in Canada, and the police pulled us over. It was I was with Mushmouth at the time, so we had this van with two seats, and there was that was it. It was the two front seats. Everything yeah. else was just I remember that floor van. space. That sucked. And the walls were plastered with just the most disgusting porno mag pictures you ever saw in your life just taped everywhere all over the band of animals there was buckets they used to pee in yeah dude sick buckets like a like a jug of water a gallon jug of water they had a piss jug piss in the and they just save it in there for months yeah 
and it was just filthy animals. Like I was never in a band with people like this in my life. And um, so if you open the door and looked in, it's a horror show, absolute horror show. The police pulled us over, and they were like complimenting the oh she's hot. Oh, that girl's really hot on the wall. Oh, what do you got? Oh, you guys pee in the... Oh, that's very smart. Yo, you that's pee a in great a, accent. Crazy. They were like complimenting the filth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I, I was ashamed that they would open it and see yeah. there was a lady cop. Yeah. Uh, you know, female cop, woman cop, sorry. A broad cop. Broad cop. Yeah, I don't know what the right thing is. got say. a BC. But, uh, yeah, as embarrassed as I was, they were just so nice. And they were like telling us what hotels were. Oh, you're yeah. not from around here. Oh, your music. And... You know which nice Canadians people, aren't nice, nice though? The people. ones at the border. Yeah. Like, I, I think, think they, they get their meanest ones. And they that's because they rub elbows with the United States too much. Ah, yeah. They, they, they rub elbows with New York. They're just close enough that they're just getting disgusted by everything. Yeah. No, but speaking of disgusted, I served time in Mushmouth, eventually called out to win. Mad Joe served time in Mushmouth, eventually called out to win. This band, like when you think of a band and you think a crazy drug-induced, alcoholic, fighting, fucking snots everywhere and urine and yeah, dirty socks. and spit and the sticky shit that's everywhere. That's the kind of band it was. And I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to be clean, likes to chill out. Wisdom and Chains, I'll tell you this straight up. For you, you people will be amazed to hear this. We do not fart in front of each other. No. I know it's disgusting. a common thing with fucking bands, hell. hardcore bands, to they play these like fart games where they fart and they they fucking put their asses on each other and fart and whatever. We do not do that no. shit. And you know don't. why? And there's nothing wrong with if you're homosexual. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, when you're enjoying males' body functions, it's a little feminine to me. You know what I mean? Gotta agree. Now, if some guy farts, <laughs> you're laughing at his asshole. You're getting enjoyment from you his don't asshole. Laugh at my asshole. Nobody's asshole, no other man's asshole gives me enjoyment. You understand? I'm not <laughs> laughing about that. It's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. This is funny, but No, you know what funny. I'm talking about. That ain't funny. No, yeah. my my first outing with Mushmouth. My first time ever going on the road with Mushmouth. The drummer was oh, a sick maniac named Phil. Yeah. <laughs> and I sit shotgun because like i said there was no seats in this thing i'm like oh god the floor is disgusting so i'm like the new guy in the band but i, I hopped right into the front seat and Took over like you're the boss yeah because i'm like i can't sit back there it's just filthy and we're on the road for about 10 minutes no lie about 10 minutes and and a bear man's ass just slides up and s- sitting on my shoulder and the drummer feels laughing like an animal and his ass is sitting on my shoulder and he's like bear ass i'm gonna bear ass the new guy like this is that their way of breaking yeah. in the new guy we'll see yo i punched his ass so fucking hard <laughs> i Great punched hood. him and he went flying into the back of the van and he had a big fist, purple fist mark on his ass. Yes. Because I was, I was like setting a precedent, like don't put your yeah. fucking ass or your dick anywhere near my exactly. head. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> oh that was the, the last time anybody put a bare ass on me. See, I had the gig in in Mushmouth, and I, me and Joe lived together at the time, and I had to move away down to South Carolina. That's why I'm such an authority on the South, and how disgusting those people are. <laughs> but uh, so then. 
Joe, I say, Joe, I'm leaving the band. Joe, so Joe joins the band. But I knew Joe was not going to take none of their shit. He's just not going to take none of their shit. Chris Hensel, Chris Mahmood, those are our people. They're the singer and the guitar player. The Basically, Chris Mahmood is like the founder of the band. Hansel came in later, but he's on every major release, you know, that they ever did. Those guys are class acts, and they knew our personalities ahead of time, so they weren't. But a guy like Phil, yeah, he uh, he would take chances, you know what I mean? But he'd learn quick. <sighs> he'd learn real quick. He'd learn real quick. But that was the band on <laughs> fighting on, by the time you'd get, you'd play, one member would be so drunk that he couldn't function. He couldn't even turn a guitar on. The singer might do three songs and then say he's done. He can't do anymore. Throwing up all over the place. Like, that was that kind of band. Like, just crazy, deranged band. But musically, to me, I could, even though I was in the band, you know, you don't compliment your own stuff. But I was out of the band enough that I could talk as a, as a witness to the band. Relentless, hard music. Yeah, like very just heavy. relentless. Like it had some kind of weird, crazy thing that would make me feel like psychotic. The music. It was like a sound in the background of all yeah, the songs. It was like, like a weird sound that just drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Very violent shows too. Very cool. Yeah, and it made it made people, made kids just insane and ruthless. But what the hell? Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. So what can we do? Yeah. If we're just regular civilians, I mean, unfortunately. We were, I can't join the army in my uh, fragile state. They would never accept me. Yeah, but even what are you going to do in the army? Unless you're a computer do? nerd, yeah. they're not going to send you over there. There's no reason to go to Hawaii. It's going to be literal push-button warfare. Yeah. You know? It's going to be their computer nerds versus ours. In a, in a conflict like that, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. In like, you know, a, a place like, like the places we've been fighting in the Middle East where the United States has been in the Middle East. Yeah. These are not specifically push button warfare. There's That's people different. have to be on the ground. They have to For go that type of stuff, door sign me door, up. things like yeah. that. Who's the number one uh terrorist we need to get right now? Hmm. Because guess here. what? You sign me up, you get me within one mile of him. Guess what, boys? War's over. That's from Saving Private Ryan. We talk about Adolf Hitler, the redneck dude. Oh yeah. Who's the sniper? Barry Pepper. Guess what, boys? War's over. Yeah, that Barry dude was Pepper. hard. That's he crazy. slept good at night. So, so yeah. that's one thing about the Southern dudes. They got a lot of confidence. They're very confident in their abilities to do. Let me tell you though. Let me tell to you to do extreme shit. They are, but here in Pennsylvania, we have that. We have the Southern arrogance and the know-how to shoot guns and build shit. And make homemade bombs and torture tactics and waterboarding best techniques. We know all that stuff here. Hershey waterboarding. But then we also have the knowledge and logic abilities that are only really found up north. Because you're very illogical people, very highly emotional down south. You know, they get stuck on things like the Bible and the flag. We're like a step ahead. We have their ruthless nature. But they, but the cold logic. Exactly. Yes. This is Pennsylvania, baby. You guess what? If if this comes down to it, if there's civil war, state to state, Harrisburg is the new capital of the world. Mm. Next, Abby. Thanks for the question. Yeah, and guess what? I'll go Keep to Canada when I want. Okay. Next up, Timothy Davis says, "What's up, guys? Loving the podcast. Richie's." <laughs> Story about setting up the poor kid by stabbing the globe had me dying. Ah, 
Thank you. I, but <laughs> I'm anyway. glad you uh, like my bullying. <laughs> but anyway, if it were a better world and Americans were smart enough to choose better presidential candidates and we had a choice between Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders, who would you choose and why? Wow. I got my answer right off the bizet. Go ahead then. I'm going to say Ron Paul. Okay. They both have qualities that I like of truthfulness in the face of opposition. I they don't agree. really give a shit what the popular thing to say is. Mm-hmm. They speak from the gut. I, I, I perceive it that way. Yeah. Um, but Ron Paul is, is really into letting people kind of decide their own fate mm-hmm. and states' rights, which I think is the a basic tenant of why this country works or is supposed to work mm-hmm. is allowing people to decide like their own fate, their own. If you don't like the way this state does things, That's you can true. either change He's the laws or you can move, move to a state that f- suits your needs a little better. If you have the means, if yeah. you have the means. Yeah. So uh, I, I tend to agree more with Ron Paul as far as allowing people to kind of sink or swim uh, uh, based on their own uh, merit and ideas, I guess. That's true. What you said is true, but you maybe do, you don't think that he also pulls back regulations of businesses and corporations. And he is an honest guy, like you said. I believe they're both honest guys. That's why I backed both of them, even though they're stellar opposites. They weren't running against each other at the time. But when there was only a Ron Paul, and I thought only Ron Paul is honest out of these 18 possible choices i backed ron paul then when there was bernie sanders among 18 possible choices on the right or left i backed bernie sanders both because of honesty totally stellar opposites on a lot of issues not all but with ron paul when he pulls back regulations on corporation he expects these corporations to be as honest as him he does indeed and there's the uh there's one of the problems that's one so you think he would be taken advantage of Oh, if he left it up to, like, he would, you know, he would, in his mind, oh, like, uh, in any case example you give him, he'll tell you why the great outcome will, will happen, and it's because of the market. The market will decide. These people will choose. What if people don't have a choice, and one market is dominating, and that market is polluting rivers, but by polluting rivers, they could really have a low price. Are people going to be able to like pull back and say, I'm buying the more expensive thing because they're polluting rivers? Or do we need to physically tell them and make a law and tell them they're not allowed to pollute these rivers? That's the one drawback with Ron Paul. He thinks the people will make them decide. He also thinks that there's plenty of stuff at the local level that could be decided. But when you're dealing with, you know, corporation that spans several states or several countries the long arc of history of the 20th century in dealing with these kinds of corporations even pushing into the 19th century is that they will not do the right thing under their own state. they haven't i mean we we had workers rights and a whole workers rights revolution here because they were allowed to do what they wanted and in turn workers got together unionized and made changes otherwise an 11 year old's working for three cents an hour well, He's getting paid with Absolutely, promises man. to buy products from the very company he works for. Absolutely. So it's a weird situation. Now, I'll give you, even in Pennsylvania, the last round of freewheeling industrial devastation, we're still living with it. When, we, when you talk about the coal mining, 
which is, you know, tied in here. You can go to the Tioga State Forest, for example. It only exists because most of Pennsylvania was barely clear-cut in the early part of the 20th century. What's clear-cut mean? They People would come know. in, uh, lumber companies would come in, unfettered, and they would just literally just denute forests wherever it was available. They're allowed to do whatever they wanted. Do whatever they want. They move on. Yeah. And then it caused all kinds of fires in the early part of the 20th century, and that's when you have, like, you know, Bronson Through regulations, you, you, you see state that. game lands. You wouldn't have that. Through regulations, State you see land. clean water. Now, the problem with Bernie Sanders is he wants to tax everyone heavily. But his idea is by taxing you heavily, you get a better product. You're going to have a great health care, which we never had in this country, but we witnessed some other countries having it. Ron Paul thinks let people get their own health care, and the market will eventually make the best uh, available option to them, and that's the one that people will get. But we tried a system where people are on their own to get their own health care. I mean, up until Obamacare, that's basically what it was. And nothing really good popped up. So some people say, well, let them let people get together and buy plans together. Well, that's what that's unionizing. So when the right say that, like that's a little perk. No, no, we're going to let people get together. And yeah, that's, well, that's what a union. We does. know what we, what we what we we can't miss the. Uh the, the gorilla in the room with all this is that these corporations, they have a lot of money and they, and in the United States, you know, it's essentially legalized bribery. So they'll always influence the politicians to get things that are advantageous to them rather than you. Well, here's the thing. This is how it is, how it's been. This is always, this is, a, this is a big argument on the right. We talk about donors, lobbyists, and the right like to say of all the top donors, out of the top 20, 16 are Democratic. They put the most money in. Yeah, but you're talking about unions. So you're talking about tens of thousands of people putting money in. And then you compare that to the Koch brothers. You're talking about two people putting an equal amount of money in as the tens of thousands in one union. But it's a, it's a nice little it's a trick to say, oh, you don't like lobbyists. Well, Look, the top 20 biggest are this. Yeah, but they're groups. But there are singular lobbyists for, for oh, Democrats. Of get course. But you know, you, if you equate money with speech, right? Yeah. Then the individual person, unless you're one of the Koch brothers. Yeah, we got we to get rid of that small. law. Your voice is, is never going to be listened to. What is, that, what is that law where people want to get rid of? The, uh, what they, when they call it, I forget what it is. They're trying to say Was like that Citizens United. Yeah, Citizens United. They're trying to say like money is speech and all this money bullshit. is speech. It's ridiculous. But here's my idea: We got those two guys. We as a nation, we vote for this. We vote to say what is going to be in a capitalist system, what is going to be in our socialist system. Our socialist system is what we're already socialist. Our military is socialist. What is the military? It's taxpayers. Paying men and women, buying their clothes, buying their food, putting them up in houses, buying them guns, buying them ammunition, buying them computers. It's socialism. What's the police force? It's socialism. It's taxpayers paying this, that. So we know that's socialist. We know state parks. That's socialism. We like that. We keep all that stuff. Now, do we want a socialist health care plan? We vote on that. And now what is capitalism? So we take both of those great opportunities, both of those great options, Sanders and Ron Paul, and we say, okay, Mr. Paul, you're in charge of this, this, and this. When it comes to medicine and health, 
We want you to stay out of that, please, sir. Just concentrate on this. Okay, Mr. Sanders, we want you in charge of education and health care. Go ahead. We got a president and a vice president that vote focus on their two or you know, their different things. Because I think you need a socialist idea when it comes to education and it comes to healthcare. I think that's because you don't want the, the bottom line for education shouldn't be profit. The bottom line for being healthy shouldn't be profit. But the bottom line for stores, for entertainment, for it should be profit. And then you're gonna get the best Product in the entertainment world. Imagine if the government was in charge of entertainment. That, that would be, be fucking real. horrible. Yeah. Imagine if the government was in, char- in charge of cars. They're going to provide all our cars. We'd have shitty fucking whack cars that would make us depressed. All the same cars. Imagine if they were in charge of, of television. It would be horrible. I mean, there's public broadcasting. You know, everything would be like that. So let Sanders do the stuff that we, we think should be nonprofit. Education and healthcare. That's an interesting idea. You know what? I heard people saying that the just the idea of having a president for so many people in so, in so many states that have so many needs and different desires and different goals in life is just antiquated. Do you it think is. that the the United States could ever kind of split into having like a two or three president system where you got a president like you said that's in charge it, pr- different presidents in charge of different things and you vote for well, it's already like your that. health president because you vote for your education president you vote for your military president like it's, it's already it, it's it started like that the three branches of government were supposed to be three equal branches mm-hmm. that kind of all all legislative judicial and what other one chris executive executive thank you chris and executive is who the, the president, president and his staff. So they're supposed to have a certain amount of things. He's supposed to be basically just in charge of nation's defense, safety of the people. That's supposed to be his. Legislative is supposed to talk about laws of the land and so on. So it's supposed to be split three ways already. Is there a head of legislative branch? Who would be like yeah. the head? Who would be like the, be the, the, the House and the Senate? The House That's and the, the Senate. Main form of so the Speaker of the House. Well, as as a body, Congress it would be that, and then the but there's no like figurehead. Though. Yeah, there is, but he's he's voted like within the people in Congress. There's one guy that he's a speaker is in the majority of the, of the, the majority, majority party, and then they vote. Their party votes him. He doesn't have any extra power, but he's sort of over stuff. But his party has extra power because they have extra votes. Yeah, he could decide like what comes up to be voted on. Yeah. So we already have these three things, but through time they consolidate power, and the president got more power. And through fear tactics, they get more and more power. Patriot Act. We listen. We got to let the president do what he has to do at the drop of a dime because you don't know what's going on. People are just aren't. They don't know. We can't even ask the Congress if we're going to war. One. That was a slick. Nope. One. We can't even ask the Congress to go to war. If I got to go to war right now, I can't wake them up. I just got to do it. Oh, oh, okay. Vote. I'm scared because I, I saw a terrorist on TV. So vote. You saw a fucking terrorist on TV. You ever see one in real life? Some people might have. Well, you know, but you're pretty safe, is what I'm saying. And there's no reason to really split up the powers like they did and really consolidate it to the executive so much. That's why it appears like our presidents are so powerful. Yeah, I mean, I think after 9/11, when historians look back, 
Well, even up to the Civil War, they started doing that. They did. But I think, for let's say, within the modern era now, I think when people look back 100 years from now, they're going to say there was fundamental changes totally. happened in the United States where things... 9-11 changed. Changed a, a, a great deal of the fundamental fabric of how the country views itself and how these different organs of government interact with one another. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things they look back and they say, well, how did we end up you know, here like 100 years from now? And they're going to say, well... It was in, uh, you know... A big point. 9-11. But the Civil War itself, you know, with the Union, Abraham Lincoln was in a situation where his country was going to be split in half. So what did he do? He called for martial law. He suspended habeas corpus. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. But then people saw a need for it at the time because shit was so crazy. They're like, whoa, wait, what's going to happen? The country's going to get split in half? How the... And he started calling shots that no other president did. But they were much more innocent times. Since then, every time there's a, like they say, never let a, a, a tragedy go to waste or whatever the, the term is. And whether they're doing it sincerely because they're nervous and they think they have to do this stuff or they're seeing an opportunity for power, that's what's been happening. So that's why the presidents seem to be so much more dominant than the Congress and, and the well, Senate. You, you know what else helps grind things to a halt is gerrymandering of districts. Yeah. So where people don't really have any competition. There's no, you know, there's the best and greatest candidates for each area aren't coming up. People is locked in, they're secure. And there's something going on in Pennsylvania called Fair Districts PA. I invite our friends in Pennsylvania just to look into that. And it's, you know, getting rid of gerrymandering. Yeah, a lot so of people are pushing. districts. People need to compete to get the best thing that's going to represent you. Yeah. When you gerrymander, you basically are you know what you have who you have to look out for, and that's all you do is just look out for a real small group of people. And they could draw their own districts, so yeah. the politician in a way selects the area that's going to be most favorable to him. Yeah, you what's, could, the, you what's that called? I can when circle they... Joe's house because Joe's going to vote for me, and then say, now yeah, it's I'm doing weird how they for make Joe. The districts. Yeah, but everybody around you's like, no, Rich, we we don't like you doing all the wrong shit. Hey, fuck you. What's that called when they draw lines to Avent? Districting? Yeah. yeah, well, that's part of the gerrymandering process that they go in and they just rig these districts. So they draw an advantageous shape them. Yeah. around person, certain influential yeah. neighborhoods Correct. or wealthy neighborhoods Correct. or whatever. Best yeah. thing the country could do is get rid of that, get rid of gerrymandering, get rid of Citizens United, get rid of lobbyists and money in into politicians' I mean, pockets. I mean, all the countries, yeah, you just limit how much, it can, how much can be spent on a campaign. Yeah. There's no need to spend... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Did, like, did, it's an industry within did, itself. They, they yeah. estimated that Hillary Clinton spent a billion dollars. Ridiculous. It's totally fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Now that's insane, but we turn it into a sports event because our it is a spectacle. I wondered, like, I'd like to see the breakdown of it. Like, what do you spend a billion dollars on oh, dude, and lose? Like, what do you spend a billion dollars well, on? Like I said, there's a whole industry. That should be a sure thing. There's a you whole You should be a shoo-in well, she did. for a she, billion she dollars. She won on, on votes, popular votes. She won that, but she still lost. But for both, for both. But there's a whole industry that's cropped up of experts, talking heads, yeah. uh, TV, radio, media, various kinds of consultants and uh, hangers-on. It's and a sporting personnel. event. It is uh, an industry it's, it's to a, itself. Every four-year Super Bowl that's bigger than the Super Bowl. Yeah, it would be like the, uh, what, what would you call it, like a voting industrial complex or something like that? Yeah, if you pull a, a plug on a lot of those people. If you pull a plug on lobbyists, Washington, D.C. is a third of the people who are going to move out. Because they're just there to, to enrich themselves. Yeah, to enrich themselves, enrich, find candidates that they could it's put insane. in their pockets. So those three things, you get rid of that, you're good. Guess what? 
people like Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders, they don't deal with that stuff much. You can't find too many people that are lacing their pockets up. They're not totally rich millionaires on the verge of being billionaires. Not at all. People hate Sanders for some reason. Some people like he's uh, his wife is a. Uh, it's like come on, dude. People even some people hate Ron Paul. Like you, to me, I can't hate these dudes. They're honest. And if you don't believe they're honest, look at their voting records. Look what they said they're going to vote for well, and how they voted. Well, we could give you a good example of when you have the you know the vitriol and the insidiousness of lobbyists, like the dude Scott Pruitt, dude head of the EPA. You know, he would just let the energy companies write it, and he would just take their recommendations that favor them, and just you know stick the uh, when he was I think it was in Carolina, one of the Carolinas from down <laughs> south, the state down south. This dude, and he would just stamp it off. Passed off as well. He would sue the. He's the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. He tried to sue it like twenty five times or something like that. And yeah. he was the guy who got into place and he just listened. He was a shill in every sense of the word for energy companies. You yeah. had no interest. Pollute. What? Do whatever you like. <coughs> you know. And that's his did. Well, he, how about that latest thing with the? Uh, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Something Marino. Oh yeah, that dude. You hear about that guy with no. the drugs? No, no. Ah. Uh, People, the DEA was like pushing to make these regulations because these prescription drugs are such an issue. Like they were showing a small town in West Virginia that had, uh, I think, like twelve hundred people population. They had three million pills sent there. Okay, incredible. <laughs> so anyway, the DEA is recommending they do one, two, and three to stop this epidemic. Blah 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 blah. This guy, a politician who. The pharmaceutical people are paying them left and right. He says, "No way, we're going to. Uh, we're not going to listen to the DEA, the government-paid DEA in charge of researching these. We're not going to listen to them." Then he was also the guy on Trump's list to be the drug czar, but he got so much heat that tr- Trump took him off the list. This was a, an original Trump supporter early on. But if he didn't get pinched, if people didn't know, only thing is the one DEA guy quit and gave it a. Uh, interview on 60 minutes and was like it's it's sick yeah. like this is intentionally their wow, drug deal that's fucking insane yeah i'm not I'm not getting a story the details great but marino it, pennsylvania I mean, it's DEA, all over you, it's, yeah. it's all it's all it's, it's a, like a it's mainstream story. news and it's a it's a it's a great example of how politicians when they're exposed to lobbyists in these in various industries and corporations have yeah. very deep pockets and how somebody isn't going to look out for you it's the greatest example something yeah. that could possibly do good for the public yeah, this is looked over. These guys, I, a government I agency, is is giving fair recommendations to help with the prescription drug epidemic, the painkiller epidemic, and they said no because it would interfere with profits. So here we go back to the original thing: is it about capitalism purely? If so, then what's the drug industry want? A nation of zombie drug addicts? Well, you because know what that's it is, profitable. Though. It could be anything. It could be the yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. Company. In this it case. could be an energy company. The totally. trick is this: they want to, you know, when there's money to be made, that's private. And, and, that and energy shareholders. And energy, I think capitalism is the way to go. But think about this, though. Okay, but then the cleanups—that's that becomes a social problem, socialized. So the you know all the all the the, the profits that are coming into these these corporations, uh-huh. privatized, boom, shareholder buybacks, you know, golden parachutes. It's it's always internalized in the company. The cleanup, though, you know, that's totally the cleanup of what electric. Well. Let's say coal-fired plants. Let's say coal-fired plants. We can see in Pennsylvania. Don't yeah, but that's going corridor. out. That stuff's going well, listen, out. Listen, I'm just saying. But, you're yeah, st- but we're still living in the shit. We're still, you're only, still footing the bill for listen, shit that happened 60 years ago. Only because the government is trying to keep these things going. If the government steps out, nobody's getting coal anymore. Nobody cares about coal but anymore. But I'm not even saying. I'm saying clean up. 
So like when you have an oil company, when they dump shit all over the place in the Gulf, yo, it's it always ends up, the public always catch yeah, the Yeah, but bill. it shouldn't be. Why? That's that's not capitalism. Having the public pay is not capitalism. No, but it's, it always goes to it. So the exactly. companies aren't going to pick the bill up for the opioid epidemic in any of these places. No, I, you, totally, I think you're missing my point, though. Is you missing my point? No, no, no. I'm, I'm oh. saying like you, these corporations, you know, they're going to yeah. pocket the money, and then you end up, the, the taxpayer, the average fucking schlump. Yeah. There you, should be no profit bill, to man. be made in healthcare. There should be no profit to be made on prescription drug use. Yeah, exactly. Now, do we want really smart, dedicated people working on cures and, and antidotes to, to fix things and yeah, help people? Of course, people? man. Yeah, we do. We got to pay them. We got to put that certain realm in, in, in a different area. You know what I mean? There's all little nuances you got to figure out. But like Ron Paul, very good guy, very honest, but I think he assumes corporations and people will be as good and honest as him when he talks about health care he likes to mention how he delivered thousands of babies for free unfortunately there's not a lot of ron paul's that do that type of stuff not for at free. All, man does he yeah respect to him but both of them have some far out ideas and both of them have some great ideas i think uh there's a middle ground between the exactly. two between the two people where we could really make some really amazing things happen in this country that's why if democratic people- socialism that term democratic socialism huh that's something to think about but people are such pussies they hear socialism both of those nervous. words but yeah, but a, a right-wing person if hears hear- democratic or socialism and it's two things that well, they hate d- d- democratic they don't mind democrat yeah, they, they don't. But just the sound of those two words well, together if they can't, is a thing if they that can't def- decipher they would democratic, hate. which is like, what is democratic? I think that's a lot it's of It's a people. voting process. If they, <laughs> yeah, if they can't decipher that doesn't mean Democrat, then, you know, that's crazy. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of the goofballs, they don't know. And the word liberal, 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 liberals. Oh, all these liberals want to do this. These liberals, all these liberals want Like, what? There's, like, is it really just this group of people and that group of people? That's how people's worlds are split right now? It seems that way. It's it's not split that way in reality, but that's how that's how it's split. I know in social media totally. Which I just is see my we... friend, our friend JC on the computer, and he's saying, "Why is uh why do the does the liberal media and all the Democrats avoiding the shooting in Baltimore?" I'm like, I didn't know. You know, I'm not sure what happened in Baltimore, and they're talking about this this Trump with the the woman who's. The guy died over there, and he, the woman says he was rude on the phone. But mm-hmm. Why are they talking about that when, like, like almost like there's a a, a conspiracy of the 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 liberal media not talking about a topic because they want to hurt the president. But the president is the guy who keeps on tweeting about this and talking about it nonstop. He doesn't really. If he's doing it on purpose and he's a he's, genius he for some other reason, he's reminding people. Yeah, he's of bringing silly it up. Silly shit. So who, what, when is the president of the United States saying something not news? Like if he keeps on talking about it, it's going to be news, no matter what else is happening somewhere. If the president of the United States is tweeting something, it's going to be news. You know, and and we have this issue. Like that's another issue where supposedly he was rude to the person and maybe he was but then general kelly came out saying he it didn't happen like that it's a crazy thing but we go back and listen it's his tone that this congresswoman who seems like a real flake that florida congresswoman that's saying she seems like a flake to me but the tone that she's trying to say he used does sound like him and if we go back and we listen to earlier things he said like i like people that don't get caught 
when he's talking about a POW. Talking about John McCain. John McCain. Yeah. He went after Gold Star Family before too. Doing he the did. Thing. Yeah, he go, so it's no not creation. out of his character for him to do this, but it would be out of Kelly's character to defend that kind of behavior. So I don't know what is real. You know what, case. though, man, you could always say that if you're, you know, involved with Trump, you eventually get tarnished and you have to take it could be. to yourself. I'm just saying I can't Unfortunately, come out. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how he's coming from, but it just seems yeah. the pattern seems to be that once you got totally. to deal with him, you're catching every kind of blowback and your career. He is a tarnish on your career. I could see him like this, like, you know, he's the president. And he, he calls a family who just lost a loved one, a father, son, a, a baby in the belly on the way. And let's say the mother of that kid is like, why was he even there? This is ridiculous. Why was he even there? Now, a person like you and me, listen, honey, I'm sorry. Like, uh, we'll get you all the answers. But why was he there? I got to know. Uh, I know this is so hard for you. I, I could only imagine you, how you feel. Now, imagine Trump in that situation. Why was he there? Why was he even there? Well, he knew what he was getting into, like because he—that's—he always feels challenged. Mm-hmm. It's just psychology. I think he, like his personality, he might not even will have react. Meant to, he might not have totally. meant it to sound the way that it came out. Totally. If it, if it even happened like that, yeah. But he just doesn't pick up on these on social cues. Yeah. I understand. So it's very he possible pick he was up nasty. on social cues yeah. that your average person would have empathy I and mean, sympathy just when you're formulating sentences that you're going to say to Did you to ever people. deal with somebody when you know you're right but you're seeing that it's so hard for them so you just go along with them just yeah, to yeah, help yeah. them out, take them down a little Ease bit. Ease the transition. Yeah. And you you got to eat it. Like you say, "Oh, I'm going to eat that one because this person's having a rough time with this." But no, okay. You think I was wrong? All right, you know. Sometimes I, I, I winning, guess, yeah, okay. Sometimes I your winning a, an oh, argument uh, or a conversation is yeah. not the even though if yes. you're right, it's not the totally. best thing to do for that. Circumstance. And now when it comes to death, yeah, and when someone is, I mean, you're the president, you are responsible for their death. Now you're telling their loved ones that they're dead because of shots that you called or positions that you backed. Well, you got to eat it, man. It's I'm sure it's rough. He like. You know, but he turned the whole he he started this whole thing when he just said I call because presidents like Obama didn't call. Yeah, he was talking empty-headed shit. Yeah, and now look, he get, again yeah. talking bullshit in the era of the windbag always leads you to find out. The and, truth. and it just kind of shows like we're talking about dead young men who were killed in Africa for reasons we don't even know, and he turned it into a competition. I'm handling these dead young men better than Obama. Obama, the civilian, like he's not even a president anymore. He's he like you talk shit on Obama every day. Is he replying to you on Twitter? He's like, still what talking, is the problem? Yeah, he's still talking shit on Hillary. Talk, every I day. know. Like, he what did, anybody shit on on Bush too? Anybody then, who yeah, was ever an adversary yeah. of his yeah. or a competition of his is forever. Even when they're that. not coming back at him, though, like Obama's not talking about you. I think he just made a speech and he kind of hinted, but he didn't say the name. So in the Trump White House, they're like, oh, no, uh, Obama, like that goofy redneck uh, broad he has as his. Uh, oh, Huckabee Kelly. Sanders. Yeah, Huckabee oh, Sanders. Huckabee. Now, he, he wasn't talking about Trump because when they talk about Trump, they use his name directly, and they didn't use it this time. Like, come on, you, you dumb know what? cunt. You know, who you know gave, they were talking about fucking Trump. I'll tell you who gave a good speech and didn't have to mention. George Bush actually delivered a pretty eloquent speech. Yeah, but speech. I'm not in for giving him props. I'm not, you know what? I don't, I don't agree with his fucking nothing yeah. he's ever done, but. 
He did say some pointed things. Enough so that Steve Bannon had to go on the attack for it. You know, Steve Bannon saying? said is right. And I, I like what Steve Bannon said because he said Trump was the worst president we ever had. Or not Trump. Uh, Bush, second Bush was the worst president ever we ever had and put us in a, the worst position we could ever be in. Taking heat off Obama, who was also a crappy president, I think, but not near, nearly as crappy as, as Bush. But somehow during you know, Obama's time, Bush people, you know, the Republicans were acting like Bush was a great guy. At least Bannon, I think Bannon is sincere in what he believes. I think he really believes the country's on the verge of collapse and they need to take it back. I think he invested all his his time into like this sideshow freak just hoping that he could get into his ear because he knew he had no chance of getting in anybody else's ear. Do I agree with his policy and how he talks? No. But I think he, he thinks like it's, you know, it's very relevant that he influences Trump right now. Could be a dangerous man then. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. Totally. All right. So. Next question. Timothy Davis, thank you for that question. We kind of went uh, in a few different directions. Timothy, listen, good, when I'm good, running for president, you, you vote for me. Conversation. Yeah, Tim, vote for Richie for president. We'll do three presidents. You know what? They'll never fucking do an Italian president in this country. They're racist against Italians. They've always been. It'll happen. We even had an Irish president. It'll happen one day. Never an Italian. Even a colored president. (laughs) Was that the right term? Black guy, I mean. Next up. Zach Lopez, our friend. My friend from uh, North Carolina. He's a good southerner, though. He's He's doing the Papa thing. And he's a veteran. You better pay respects. That's right. So Zach says, what happened to the coldest life documentary Richie was working on? Is that still in the works or what? The Coldest Life documentary was brought to me by their former bass player, Mike. We took it over. Dealing with Mike, we went out to Detroit on a few occasions. We got crazy interviews, awesome footage, a lot of wild stories. It really got kind of sidetracked in a lot of ways. But then Mike kind of got caught up in some other issues where it seemed he was blackballed, we'll say. So the help and the originator who brought us into this project is not in the mix. So that was rough. Another key thing that is rough for us is the second singer, Jeff, the second singer after Ron, the first original singer was murdered, was Jeff, who was a guitar player in the band, turned singer. He's in jail. He's in prison for a long time and sort of on the outs with all the former band members. And he's a key to this documentary, of course. We can't get him to talk because he has a paranoia and thinks that this is going to be something to make him look bad. So with help from the drummer, Roy and Dougie, remember Dougie? Yep. Tattoo face Dougie. We've been working on stuff. But from what we have... It was all brought to us by Mike. Mike said, let's go here, interview this guy. We did. Let's go here, interview this guy. We did. Mike was the connection to all those guys. We don't have the permission from those people to use this stuff. Not that they care. I don't know if they care or not. But technically, we don't have the permission. We have to get all this stuff signed. But Mike was the source of these people. So that's one big drawback. The other big drawback is Jeff getting him involved. Now, we have a ton of footage. But the band's still going, and they wanted, they reached out to me, and they wanted to go in a different direction. 
and it was you know i mean you know if you do projects if you do art imagine you're doing an album with us and you think you got everything you need for the album and you say okay my part is to write lyrics hey guys i'm gonna start writing lyrics and we said wait hold up we're gonna change those songs around uh what exactly though because i gotta write lyrics over these songs what parts are you changing you're taking verses out you take well you know but we got you know so that it's up in the air like that but there's a ton of footage great interviews and i just talked to roy a week ago he claims he found a bunch of old footage and uh i didn't see it but he said it's it's literally the first recording session from cold as life on vhs tape wow them in the studio you know with the original singer and all that but the story of people that don't know the cold as life is a band from detroit and the story behind the band is better than the band it's better than the scene it's just a great story that it it, it transcends the scene it's like you don't have to be a boxing fan to like the movie about hurricane carter and say wow this is a great movie you know what i mean you don't have to be a boxing fan to like rocky it's right. just a, a great like the, the story is so crazy with so Cold I, life. from what i've seen of the clips and things and little you know things that you're you're uh the other people involved that kind of put little things together. Yeah. Teasers. It looked phenomenal. And I've, this is one of those stories that coming up in hardcore, I've, I first heard of cold as life from the, the set it off. You remember how you used to find new bands and shit like that was song. You, yeah, you look in the thank you list of the band that you like, and then you see a a band name and you go research that band, go find a demo, go find a tape, whatever. And that, that's like your new favorite band. So, I found a Cold as Life uh, tape. I found a Cold as Life shirt in a crazy record store somewhere in like New Hope, New Jersey or something like that. Mm-hmm. Found a Cold as Life shirt. Um, they always that's had a, cool merch too, right? Yeah, really cool, like hard looking merch. Um, but it's one of those stories that in hardcore, like you just kind of become familiar with certain legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Ebanks was one of those legends too, you know? Yeah. But Cold as Life, definitely one of those legends that uh, it's larger than life. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have I Roy, think, the original drummer, or Dougie, who has always been basically a, a loose manager of the band, to sit in on the podcast. Yeah, that, we should definitely work on that. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's so far. But we got a ton of footage, and those guys are all about it. But we need... So you need a new connect in Detroit to reach out to yeah, all the and people we got that you Roy, already did but, to get permission. Yeah. But Roy's less hands-on than Mike. We remember Mike. Mike right. was, he had put his mind to it. Yeah, he was a go-getter. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But then Mike would start smoking weed, and then you wouldn't hear from him. But uh, it's it's up in the air. It needs, it's got a ton of work done, but it still needs, I wouldn't say a ton, a lot. It definitely needs Jeff. We need Jeff to talk, and we need Jeff to trust us. We're not trying to make anybody look bad. We're just trying to tell the truth. Tell an honest story. Yeah. Now, I got Dave Causa, who is a director of a lot of our videos, also a director of that great Madball video that has over a million views. Doc Martin Stump. Almost two million now, I think. Yeah. He offered to be involved with it, and he's a video guy. That's what we need, an editor, a guy with an imagine. I don't do none of that stuff. I would just bring in driving, bringing people together. Let's hang out. You know, People trust me because I give them a smack if they don't listen. But no, I was like the guy in the middle. You know what I mean? But I don't edit. I don't know how to do video stuff. So Dave Causa offered, and the guy Tim from Fast Break Records was out there with me with the cameras and sound originally. So we got a lot of great footage, but we need more, and we need a plan. So not even a week ago, talking to Roy, 
we said, listen, this is what we're going to try to do. Because I've been trying this. You know I don't forget shit. You know what I mean? You guys are in a band with me. I get shit done. Yes, sir. I said, listen, let's do this. Let's focus. This is such a big project. There's so much to the story. If it's an hour and a half or two hours long, it's it doesn't seem like it's possible to get this info in there. I said, let's do part one. Chapter one of Cold is Life. Get all the film together, the interviews, cut and edit it and put it to get together. Maybe it's five, eight, ten minutes long. That's how much you got to consolidate the beginning. One chapter. So how long does this thing have to be? But after we have one chapter edited with the intro, next, boom, boom, boom. Then we can say, yes, now we understand. Now the next chapter. That's okay, a great now idea. Now we got to skip this chapter and this chapter because we only have access to these guys who came in later. But now let's get that. You know what? That's That reminds me of um, there's a few Netflix documentaries that are like that, that are a bunch of different parts, like the uh, Making a Murderer. I think yeah. it's called Making yeah, yeah, a Murder. Yeah. There's a few of them like that where it's split up into parts and it kind of, you, you ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And it keeps building to something now bigger the thing is, I don't know bigger. necessarily if I put out chapter one and then you'd have to wait two years for chapter two. I'm yeah. saying, but for our own sake and the, the band and people involved, here's chapter one. Yeah. What do you guys think? This is the right direction? Brilliant. Great. Okay. Put that to the side. Now, don't even have to think of that footage. Don't even have to think of those interviews anymore. Don't have to scroll through them to get to something else. Because that's the thing. Did you, did you ever listen to the Serial podcast? No. Very huge viral I'm a, podcast. I'm a fan Serial. of Kellogg's. This is about a, a murder that happened in Baltimore. And it's a, I think it's a 12-part podcast. So someone was convicted of a murder. He claims innocence. Uh, it was an ex-girlfriend that hap- uh, in high school. And he claims innocence. And he's got a lot of witnesses that back up his story. And people seeing him. And it's you know it, it would be impossible because he was in a different place, a different time, blah, blah, blah. But it's split up into 12 parts. It's really incredible because each part doesn't necessarily tie into the part before it either. Oh, yeah? It could be a completely different twist that ha- that that has to have a dedicated uh, episode all to its own that yeah. has nothing to do with previous episodes. Yeah, new new uh, faces popping up in the documentary stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of stuff you could do. There's possibilities. When with I was talking to Dave, he yeah. mentioned a uh, Kurt Cobain documentary. He said that some people didn't like it because it was like all over the place. No, I saw that. He it's said a, he it's loved really it. Though. Fucking good. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. But there were, the complaints were like it didn't go in the order. It doesn't shit. follow a storyline. Yeah. But that's that's what I like about it. Yeah. It doesn't follow a storyline. It's just And that's what I need. A guy like Dave who is into film, video production, documentary making, can edit and has an imagination. Because all I'm doing is I wasn't part of Colder's life. I'm bringing people to those dudes, getting footage. I I you know, when we went out there, I went to clubs that they said, okay, Cold as Life, this is where their first show was in this club, and it's still there, and a promoter still wor- works in there. And we walk in there, and we got cameras, and we said, we want to talk about Cold as Life. And the guy's like, holy shit. That's the kind of power Cold as Life had. 20 years ago, they booked this band, and the guy's nervous when we come in there and mention Cold as Life. And when we mention the singer's name, you could see uneasiness in the guy. Almost like, is he going to come back and get me? Almost like that. I'm not even kidding. And it was to the point where the guy's like, 
uncomfortable and trying to be honest he didn't like the singer he didn't some people saw him as a hero and some people saw him as a villain you know the original singer there's a lot more to the story but that's what we're trying to get real authentic stuff like that now if you have the band involved too much you're gonna yeah, go, you don't want to have a, gonna a glorify spin. It. You don't want to. And if you got on one it. guy in the band too much, it's going to be about him and the members he doesn't like are going to get a bad look. Not that I don't trust Roy. I'm just saying, you know, it's something to, that I'm aware of. Yeah. And I was good friends with Jeff. I don't have nothing against him, but some people in the band do. I'm not trying to make him look bad. I'm just trying to document his part in the band. Mm-hmm. You know, but that band is filled with murder, drug overdose. Robbery, prison, addicts, prison, 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 violence. It's an insane group of guys that were, you know, we, we interviewed a lot of dudes before Colder's Life that just set the tone for the scene in Detroit. A dude that, that was in Washington, D.C. years ago, this old man, but he used to have a public access show in Detroit that used to have, what's that? Who's that Detroit dude, uh, the famous fucking skinny guy with all ripped, but he's real old? Iggy Pop. Yeah, Iggy Pop manager. Like, dudes, we got like a lot of crazy, wild, off-the-wall interviews with people who aren't necessarily involved, like like the singer from Negative Approach, but talking about early Detroit and then talking about the second wave of Detroit, which he was like, yo, now shit's crazy. Like, that was a little too violent Check for me. Check it out. Shit's crazy. Yeah, you know what, man? Those guys were cool, but I was out of here. I didn't want none of that, boy. I love that, dude. Yeah, they was cool. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible it never comes out. I got to be honest. But we're still up until last week talking about it. So that's uh, hopefully that answers your question a little bit, Zach. He also has second part uh, for Joe. I remember a video that you made of you and Anthony in a grocery store walking around and Anthony asking you for everything and you saying no. That is a good representation of me at the store with my son. Can we expect more of these videos portraying father and son times? Yes, actually, Anthony just made a his own YouTube account. No way, yeah. And he's got a vision of like what he wants to put on there. He has a lot of like content. You know, he's really into building like Lego sets and yeah. stuff like that. He makes his own sets, and uh, he makes stop motion videos and uh, he does a lot of really creative stuff with Legos. He's got he's gonna put some of that on there. But he's got a bunch of like these funny little scripts that he wrote, maybe like thirty, forty Yo, second clips of movies. If kids get in YouTube. And social media early, they could become loaded. There's a kid that he follows called, I think the channel's called Evan Tube. The dude has like millions of followers. Yeah. The kid's getting paid because like it's crazy. Little kids that are on phones and and iPads all day watching this stuff. Yeah, there's. It's just it's just yeah. keep constantly putting content. And make him, you know, be funny. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. get your old ass in there. Kids don't want to see that. They get nervous. Well, I'm out. Of, I'm a little out of touch with the kids, you know. But I'm, you know, I support whatever he wants to do. Nah, you know? yeah, let him do it. Yo, we got so, microphones. We could get cameras. We could help him do something dope. Yeah, we need a little taste, though, Anthony. So a he's got taste. some. Uh, we we are going to be making some videos. I want to wet my soon. beak. And I'm glad you enjoyed that, Zach. Everybody, check out. Uh, I think the YouTube channel is called. It's called Daddy, Dad, and Buddy Boy. Daddy, dad, and buddy daddy, boy. dad, and buddy boy, and there's a video called "Can I Have This?" I'll put maybe I'll put a link to it on the yeah, uh, the, the the. I remember that video. Medias. That's kind of old now, though. Yeah, it's pretty old. He he, my son had a, f- a really funny lisp 
uh, when he was when he first learned how to talk. Yeah. And he went to a speech therapy for a year, and he has no lisp anymore. You know, you got to put the video of him falling in the toilet. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, a great yeah, video. that's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, and also, he's uh, Zach says shout out to Chris for being an unsung hero in dealing with you two animals. Dude ah. deserves a medal. Ah. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Say thank you, Chris. Thanks, man. Now shut up and get back in your hole. Okay, yes. <laughs> nah, Chris is uh, the most important aspect of this thing. He's the producer. He's the director. He's the engineer. He's everything to all Chris things. Chris is the, the van alpha and omega. You guys guard. are crazy. Chris is the vanguard of this army. People always say, to, why don't he talk more? I Honestly, he's very, there's stuff that interests him is very narrow. A but lot of as stuff soon we as talk you, about, he doesn't give a fuck. You about. see his That's eyes really, light up, and then he just goes politics, off about certain. A lot shit. of politics, he'll jump in. Politics and history. That's why I have to play the role of the dumb Trump supporter once in a while, just to get him riled up so he talks. <laughs> <laughs> so Next question. We got another question from our our friend Troy. Hey, doing shout Troy? out to Troy Mort. Okay, Troy Tattooer Death. extraordinaire. Uh, he's working at where is he at? Sacred Hand Tattoos in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, the right? dwarf. The dwarf. Remember that episode when we were talking about a dwarf? The dwarf. <laughs> Chris was so particular because he wanted to be politically correct. So he kept saying dwarf. dwarf but he kept on mispronouncing it saying dwarf. Dwarf. <laughs> I got a dwarf. bad accent. Dwarf. 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 I'm like, like, I don't Tim, know what's more insulting if you called him a midget or a dwarf. Tim it's a Conway dwarf. is dwarf, right? Isn't that Tim Conway? But we actually that know Troy, and Troy is a, a legal probably midget, no? No. Oh, he's not? Is he? <laughs> I was just judging the size of his head oh and how short he was. Oh, my God. He's a beautiful boy. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. Not, not Mac and Mad Honeys. Yeah, he does get hot bitches, no? Yo, if you want to get tattooed by a dwarf. No, I'm just kidding. No, tattoo. Troy is one of the best tattooists I think I've ever seen. It's For good. that like old school style. It's good. Yo. A lot of our homies, man. Mad tattooists. So skinny. Come on, tattoos. skinny. Big Mees. Come on, Yo, baby. Joey Knuckles, skinny. what's up? Derek Verici, you've been on the podcast. Come you know. on, man. You already know. I, we got a lot of talent. All right, Troy, what do you got? Troy says, yo, I'm on my way home to beautiful Pennsylvania listening oh, to the podcast. The and I thought of a question for y'all. Which Wisdom and Chain song is your favorite and why? Whoa, Love wow. and respect, fellas. So listen, Troy, we th in a closed setting, we will talk about our favorite Wisdom and Chain songs. But out in the in the open, it kind of sounds like bragging. But because you asked and you're my homie. That's my one thing. Yeah, I feel like I don't like talking about stuff like that, but. Yeah, he asks. What are you going to do? Um, I think my favorite Wisdom and Chains song would be, uh, I think it's Best of Me on the God Rhythm. Boom, 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 boom. And the Best of Me riff, I told you guys this. I got an ESP sent to me from ESP, beautiful Jeff Hanneman. Mm, that uh, black model, joint. And I pulled it out of the case. And I started playing it before, like the butt was still in the case. I was just holding the neck, and that's the first riff I played on it. Yeah, it was the opening of that song. Oh shit, that's dope. Just a little tidbit. Mm. So that's lyrically, uh, lyrically, I think that's my favorite. My favorite music, actually, another. I like the lyrics on it too, but I, I like the song. Um, uh, what's the one on? Uh, we had, we did it on a seven inch. In case you forgot. Yeah, in case you forgot. And I did Thinking forget. back on the promise. That's my magic. And I joke actually was. did forget. Yeah. That's so, a, that's uh, a good song. I like that one. Those are, those are my uh, probably my number one and number two. What's up? Chris, I want to hear Chris's because Chris, I don't even know if he knows the names of our songs. <laughs> but I think my favorite uh, Wisdom and Chains song is My Promise. Oh, all right. Okay. I like the lyrics and I like the music. Oh. Oh. And it's got a cool beat. It's got a cool and beat. You can, you can dance to it. to it. Yeah. 
Richie? Yeah, I want to answer. Richie, him. come on. I I don't due have diligence. ego like you guys. Do your due diligence. I lose my ego in my evolution. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? What's your favorite song? Probably, uh, yeah, maybe In Case You Forgot. I'll say that. I like that one. All right. So there you go, Troy. A couple of joints for you. And uh, I think that's all the questions I feel like uh, answering today. I think we kind of. All right, boys. All right, Hammered well, this one to death. Anything I have a couple wanna... people asking about, and uh, now that's feminine. They're very upset I haven't done one. So okay, long. yeah. Let's do it. A Chris. lot of times, the last few I thought of right off the spot. Go ahead. What do you guys say? Play the music. That's feminine. That's feminine. That's feminine. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Now, a lot of these I, I thought of last minute because somebody would, would just mention it. This one I thought about for a little while. And I don't think I t- talked about it yet. Did I ever mention t- tattoos on Now That's Feminine? I don't think because, so. Because I know you you guys know my stance on tattoos with color. I think you might have said it before, but not not in a, in the an actual like segment. Okay. Well, I might have talked about tattoos with color. I always found that feminine. That men tattoos should shouldn't have color in them. But that's something different. <laughs> Today's now that's feminine is also about tattoos. But when a girl goes out, what does she do? She puts on a makeup. She puts on makeup. A face tattoo is just makeup, no? I mean, is that not a form of makeup? Mm, oh, man. Well, I, you, men with face tattoos yes to me no. is feminine because this is what it does. It's accentuating. Is that the right word? Accentuating? Accentuating <laughs> aspects of their face that they want to be noticed. Something uh, over the eyebrow, something under the eye, on the cheek, a little over here, a line down the face, a word across the chin bone. To me, it's just modern-day male makeup in disguise of a tattoo. Well, I would say, first of all, I would argue that then that's what all tattoos are. But the girls put makeup on their arms and... Uh, I don't know. Maybe they go tanning or something like that to try to yeah, accentuate that's different. shit. That's different. You're just drawing pictures to draw attention to your your Not arms, hands, whatever. That. That's what tattoos are. I don't know if you're doing it to draw attention unless it's on the face. Now, on the face. <laughs> now, this is my argument for that, though. I've always seen tattoos on the face as disruptive to the shapes and things of your face and especially okay. like neck tattoos yeah or people get like a weird like a mustache tattoo or something weird like that like that's your you're completely like covering exactly your, what your face is supposed to look but like. do you ever see extreme makeup that's gone too far and then that's also like whoa this is like see some crazy crazy eyebrows exactly crazy it's, lips it's yeah. extreme like a cross-dresser level makeup tattoos on the face Cross-dressers go crazy with the makeup. They want you to know it's makeup. Oh good makeup is like, oh, she did that so good that you don't even know it's makeup. Her cheeks are perfect. Her Definite eyebrows are perfect. A distinction between yeah. the two. Yeah, and yeah. then there's extreme makeup, which is face tattoos, which is it's a feminine gesture. It's a feminine quality. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to look pretty in your own eyes. And you want to look in the mirror and you want to say, oh, yeah, like, look at, like, man, yeah, shit, my shit is dope. Like, over, you know, I got this and that. But it's modern day makeup disguised to try to be, you know, masculine. 
But if you really break it down to what it is, it's feminine. Now, we all do feminine things. Even me, maybe. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> but I well, bite my nails. I keep the nice and short. It's funny because over here, I'm a, reg- I'm a guy's guy. When I go to England, they say I'm a metrosexual. Remember they would call me that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember. Oh, metro sex you're a metro metrosexual, yeah. I'm like, why? Why? Because my breath doesn't stink all the time. <laughs> like like what but oh, like it's a much lower bar, I guess. Yeah, like I, a, yeah, like, the bar a lot lower. I don't even have all my teeth. Like I, you think I'm worried about like you know, I don't know, but it's a different you know, them dudes over there maybe just don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? I see guys smoking cigarettes backwards over there, and I'm like, "Well, you fucking got the butt in your <laughs> the ashes are in your mouth, you weirdo." But uh, Chris, face tattoos, feminine or no? Uh, you know, I never thought of it in that kind of way. Do you understand way where I'm getting that? Is there any oh, uh, logic to it? it? I, I could see that you know it is kind of accentuated. Maybe you don't things. agree, but you understand the logic. Behind I understand it. the logic, and I have seen feminine face tattoos on men for sure you look at your but, boy who's the rapper the big dude big dude the fucking game the game he used to have a like a flower or something on his face remember before it was la it was, no he had a butterfly butterfly was, yeah, yeah. his original deal was a butterfly in his face <coughs> yeah fruit. if i saw the game i'd smack him this is the east coast baby stitches how about stitches oh stitches what a, <laughs> what a clown oh wait a minute that's probably a compliment yeah what is his deal i don't know man is he like is he going to be like, maybe he's making a lot of money. I don't know. But I, I know he was making a move to be like a big name, mainstream celebrity fucking rapper. And then he got a little crazy. He got a little big for his britches, I think. Yeah, we, we laid down his whole thing on episodes ago because I was following the britches controversy with the beef with the game. But yeah, that face tattoo there is crazy. I don't know. I think I, I know what you're saying. And I've definitely seen there's a there's a there's this weird thing going on with beards and, hair, and certain haircuts yeah. that are designed to look masculine. Yeah, but, the soul, but they're so, so short. F- they're, they're so not they're, masculine. It's so it's manicured. The, yeah, everything is like so a painted perfect. on beard. And I saw this funny meme the other day. It said, if you have a beard, if your beard is this long, but you don't know how to change your attire or something like that. Yeah. You're, uh, I, I can't remember how it went, but it was something about like, there, there's this look yeah. of like, I, I look like I work in a garage mm-hmm. from the forties, like a 1940s mecha- auto mechanic or yeah. something. Or from a, the clothes to yeah, the shoes. Or but, a coal miner. It's like a coal yeah. miner auto mechanic crossover. Now don't get me wrong. There's a faction of people with face tattoos that never look in the mirror. They got the face tattoo because they're so fucking crazy and out of their minds. They don't look in the fucking mirror. Don't mean nothing to them. But then there's a big, huge market for people intentionally getting pretty boy face tattoos that have these perfect neo-Nazi haircuts. They're not Nazi. You know what I mean. The World War yeah, II yeah, haircuts the with youth. the fake part, with the fade that is so perfect. It looks like it was like a, 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 a computer that did their haircut. And dudes that get these haircuts every week to the barber, even even the hip hop dudes with them goofy fucking real tight. When you're like, the the hair's so short that you you're like just shave it yourself. You seen the spray can stencil, uh, you know? Yeah. The cut ins, the size yeah. what they they spray spray can the shit. Yeah, and it's like, man, you look like the I, count from Sesame Street. I hate Street. going to barbers because they make my shit so perfect looking. One time I let my old girlfriend cut my hair and she's used, she was training to cut hair and she cuts girls' hair. 
and all of a sudden she's not i can see the way she's holding the clippers all wrong you know because i cut my own hair she's holding it like you know all all out of whack like it's all wrong like it's a pool stick baby it's all wrong all of a sudden i feel break on the back okay i know then she moves to another spot this and that while well, she's trying to formulate a plan to, yeah. to cover I know what up I got to do. When she's done, I'll point it out. She gets done. Ah, it's pretty good. Man. And I hold the thing back here. I felt what you did. Okay, it's a little thing. Oh, my God. It's not a big deal. I go to the barber. The barber straightened it out. Go to the barber, this Puerto Rican place. He starts cutting my hair. He makes me look like a mannequin. Then he starts, you know, I got a like hair on my face. I do this, you know, I just shave. He starts making it he made this mustache so thin i was like holy it looks like walt disney and i'm kind of like a guy like ah let him do his thing (laughs) yeah like let the chef do his thing you know what i mean you know he made me look bananas (laughs) like i walked out of the place people are speaking spanish to me but the deal is i think face tattoos to a big degree for a big market of men are feminine and if i'm wrong Beat up Chris. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, let us know what you think. Unreal. Uh, Unreal. Send your comments, questions, complaints to postamericapodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at postamericapodcast and Twitter at postamericans. Let us know what you think about that's feminine. Chris, we're coming to the end of the road here, right? Yes, one minute left. I feel it. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Richie, come on. You're making me look bad. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for the kind words. Thank you all for buying the Madball Wisdom and Chains Split 7-inch. Uh, skyrocketing to the top of the Split 7-inch charts. I think yeah. it's the number one selling number Split 7-inch no on Fast Break Records, I yeah. think, ever. I think it's the only Split 7-inch on that Fast Break. And, and number one. Uh, thank you so much for making that uh, possible. And we will uh, have an episode out. Very shortly after this, we got some really cool guests coming up. We have a very cool tour happening mm-hmm. in the beginning of November. Wisdom and Chains, No Turning Back, Knuckle Dust, and Strength for a Reason. Wow. We're going 10 shows in Europe. Do you know what? I was thinking, wow, we're going on the road with younger bands. Yeah. But no, it's not. the celebration of both Strength for a Reason and No Turning Back of 20 years. <laughs> and it's even older for they've did their 20 years knuckle dust five years ago yeah it's crazy man wow it's crazy a we're bunch the of newest seasoned, band on this whole bill <laughs> a bunch of seasoned vets because we go out with older bands usually so i thought like oh these are and and at this point older is like splitting hairs like you know yeah. we're like we're fucking, well, we're going out we're, bands that are 35 <laughs> years on the road and, yeah you know, yeah like, older bands not much older people though and like to we're, give props to sick of it all in an asian run Looks like they're killing it. Every Japanese soul, uh, show was sold out. I've been talking to those Incredible. dudes. Incredible. They said it was really hard, like the schedule. No sleep. A lot of flying, Soon right? as you're done, flying. Soon as you're done, flying. Got to the club, sound check, done. Hurry up to the airport. But they said killer shows. Uh, they're in the airport right now, correct? There's flights so far. Pete had a different flight, the guitar player, and it was canceled. They're waiting to hear if their flights are canceled because Japan... By the time this comes out, this will be old news, but Japan's getting hit with a huge typhoon. So, yeah, so uh, hopefully those guys are, uh, every, yeah. everybody give them your thoughts in retrospect, and, and uh, maybe we hope they're okay. If we bring the podcast on the road, we could get a good interview with Armand or Lou or Craig or whoever. You yes, because we're going to run in with them. We got another uh, run in with Madball, I believe. I don't, I'm not on that tour. 
We got a run in with uh, Chromags. Chromags. We got a run in with uh, I want to say H two O maybe they're not somewhere playing. towards the end. No, they're not playing. They canceled. That's the canceled. Shows. Yeah. Okay. So well, whatever. We got some good guests. We're going to be on the bus with some good guests, and we got some cool shows coming up. Um, everybody, stay tuned. Uh, let us know what you think about that Annie Up song from the last episode. Yeah, Send hard. some mail in. Um, and buy it. Order it. Buy it. Fastbreakrecords.com. www.fastbreakrecords.com. Peace. We out of here. America Podcast. The Post America Podcast. The Post America.